Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, our gracious God and heavenly Father, it is a fearful thing to handle your word and uh, to try to divide it rightly, even for a short devo devotion such as this. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to say and that we would have ears to hear, including me. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to start off with um, two scripture verses, John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And then backing up a little bit in John, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I've had an incredible burden on my heart lately, and this topic keeps coming to mind. Uh, I, I wrestled with this until almost four o'clock in the morning last night. And I must ask you two questions today. Do you know Jesus Christ? And does Jesus Christ know you? Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. It's a very sobering portion of scripture. But we must get this right. We must know who it is that Christ speaks of here in these verses so that we can be sure that it is not us. I find it pretty fascinating that in the upper room during the Last Supper, when Christ declared that he would be betrayed that night, that every one of them began to say, Lord, is it I? And the Bible says every one of them began to say, Lord, is, is it I? We must be sure that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Second Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. To prove ourselves, we must lean into the word of God to reveal our heart condition. We can't trust our feelings or our hearts. For it's clearly stated in Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And in Proverbs 28, 26, it says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. But don't miss the nuance of that proverb. It says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But God will give unto those he justifies a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Romans 10, 9, it says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So confession is made with the mouth, and yet the belief on Christ must be implanted into the heart, into that new heart given by God. A mere head knowledge alone is not a soul-saving knowledge. So what do the scriptures say about examining ourselves? We're told to do it, but how do we do it? How can we know if we are one of Christ's? 
First John 2, 3. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. Legalism works righteousness, so many in our day would shout. But they fail to remove their blinders to read the very next verse. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. I want to be very clear, we cannot keep the law perfectly. We have failed all of it 70 times, seven times and more. Jesus Christ himself came to fulfill the law, and we are saved through faith in him alone. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 could not be any more clear. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When you are saved, you are born again and justified through Christ's atoning blood. Christ's righteousness is credited to your account. No amount of good works can improve your standing or curry favor with God in any way. God is perfect. God is holy. God needs nothing from us to be added to make him any more holy than he already is. Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So even our very righteousnesses are as filthy rags before a holy and just God. But a true Christian will have a supernatural outpouring of gratitude towards God that compels them to do everything they can to express that gratitude through obedience to the word of God. It couldn't be any more clear than in James 2.17, where it says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. If you don't care about obeying God's commandments, you should tremble for your soul. Colossians 3.9 says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Ask yourself, since you professed Christ, what is your life now? Have you put off the old man with his deeds? How has the Lord changed you? What do you think about? What do you talk about? What do you desire over all else? Is Christ your first love? Or does he play second string to your worldly desires? Nothing has changed in your life other than a Christian veneer being pasted over your wicked life. You should tremble for your soul. Romans 12, 9. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Do you hate the sin you once loved? Do you feel grieved when you fail to do that which God has commanded? Do you beg and plead for God for continued sanctification and a complete eradication of sin from your life. And I ask us, when was the last time we wept over our sin? If you don't view sin as vile and the very reason that Christ had to suffer, if you don't hate it and mourn over its hold on this fallen world, you should tremble for your soul. 1 John 3.14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So I ask, since your profession, do you now love Christian brothers and sisters? Who would you rather spend your time with? The brethren or the unsaved of the world that you used to run with? Who do you associate yourself with? Do you feel that supernatural bond of being in the same body 
with fellow believers. If you don't love the brethren, you should tremble for your soul. Psalm 119, verse 40, or verse 140, thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I ask, how is your relationship with the Bible since your profession? Is it indeed a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path? Are you ashamed of the word of God or do you proclaim it with boldness? 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. If you don't love to read and study and meditate and pray over the Word of God, you should tremble for your soul. I don't say this lightly. I don't say it flippantly or for any kind of a shock value. But we are not guaranteed another day in this life. Our soul may be required of us this very night. I'm so burdened for the lost. I'm burdened for the souls of men, and I'm burdened for those that are described in 2 Timothy 3, 5, which says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. If anything I've said resonates with you, and you feel you may not truly be one of Christ, I beg you. I implore you, I plead with you, waste not another moment, but in repentance and in faith, cry out to God to save you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16.31. Amen.